me no conversation with the fake. That part, that part, that part, that part, that part, hey. That part. Hello, and you're listening to On Resistance. My name is Bobby London. Today I'm joined with J Squared and J Ray. We will be discussing, um, continuing a little bit on from our last show's conversation, Security Culture, which you can listen to the full version of that last show on our SoundCloud, which is www.soundcloud.com on dash resistance. Um, But we're going to be getting into how that affects organizing spaces, and then we kind of drift off into a conversation about leftism and organizing. There's been a lot of times where I've been in situations where I felt and other people felt like this person's undercover, they're an informant, or just like we don't feel comfortable with this person being in their space or interacting, but we've never said anything or we never did anything. We just kind of like continue to allow. And like usually as I've kind of like developed more of a security culture, like, you know, I just like won't talk about certain things in front of people I'm not comfortable with. But a lot of like activist culture is really anti-security culture because I've been really weirded out that when I meet people, the first thing they ask me is like, oh, like basically what crew are you with? You know, like who are you with? What organizing do you do? What have you? And I'm like, why are you asking me that? Like that's one very like kind of goes into like the hierarchy and like the fact that I have to be with a certain organization. But also like, you know, we're in a we're in the streets right now. I don't need to tell you my real name. Like, you don't need to know, like, what my history is. And a lot of times when you go in a meeting, people sit around in circles and they're like, okay, so what have you done? Da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, we almost, like, promote that because you have to prove your worth. You have to prove that you have experience organizing or you prove that you've, like, done something. If you don't know my history, you don't need to know it either. Like, if you aren't there, then, like, leave it at that. Yeah, or like, I'll see you, or I won't see you at the next time. (laughs) That is so important. I've been feeling like a similar way about meetings lately. Just like radical vulnerability as a bargaining chip to even be in a space or participate. Um, And I haven't really known how to explore it. I feel like radical vulnerability is about being honest. Then that's how we weed out infiltrators or that's how we create intentional intimacy or space or whatever. Ego replicates the dynamics of infiltration and like also privilege on a lot of times. The way people ask when they're act when they're entitled is similar to the behavior that happens during infiltration. So it can be confusing. That's why like having principles is important. But yeah, there is like a practice of us having to immediately get close in order to work with each other. And I don't really think, I think that's a block right now. I think that's actually a block for people connecting and like creating, I don't know what the specific way is. It probably is different for every person or group. Ways of working together, if we wanted to do something, if we had a a shared vision, but the blockade is when we talk and then immediately feel like, oh, well, I don't actually know everybody here and I don't wanna. It's like a lot of pressure to immediately have to cultivate 20 new relationships at once. But there's like decisions that can be made about like how open do you wanna be? And I think not talking specifics, like remove the eye from things. Like if you are gonna share on things, just just drop the drop put the ego to the side and drop the eye and just talk about it vaguely if it's a tactic and it worked and someone else seems like they're trying something and oh you could share this tactic and maybe it'll it'll build something else remove it from yourself i think that's just basic security culture too ego will get you caught up 
It sucks too, because I mean that's, I mean that's really what they bank on, you know. Because people want to feel close. People want to. This is how you socialize. This is how you're brought up, right? You do it with your family. You're gonna do it with other people, and like unfortunately, that socialization is like weaponized against you. You know, nobody wants to feel alone. Nobody wants to feel like left out. And unfortunately, where we are now in the times, like that is the first thing that is hard to do and give yourself over in that vulnerability even though you might want to do that it's not something you can do you can't just you know say what you're going to say or in a lot of ways feel what you're going to feel i also just hate it because like it's very as someone who doesn't participate in organizations it's very disempowering and makes me and i that's like a lot of the reasons why i don't participate in um organizing or activist spaces is because of that and yeah it's really uncomfortable the flip side of that though is it is funny when you do go to those meetings and then someone like tries to like say their history and they're like I'm a traveling occupier and like it, <laughs> it really it happens a lot you'd be really surprised and, like, and it's usually the person who like my spider sense goes off about that will say it and it does work as a good red flag because I'm always like, oh, okay, traveling occupier equals undercover. But it's interesting, like, with the radio show, because it's like, you do report backs, and it's like, how much are you, like, like, what is the line between, like, journalism and, like, report backs from, like, dry snitching, you know? We've seen that play out. We've seen actions go down, and then as the action is going down, people are already tearing it apart online, and they disagree with the action, something went wrong, and they're upset about it. I'm not invalidating that, but because it happens real time as people are in the streets, it's a huge security risk because... You know, there's personality politics involved, and so people who might have been anonymous on the street are being called out by name on other platforms. And so the way it happens can be really dangerous. Disagreement, the way disagreements go down, there is a very blurry line. But I do think that, like, I would rather have intentional countermedia than to do things and be surveilled and have assumptions be made and be criminalized and be resisting without having our own narrative out there because then they you know they will always seek to control the narrative and that will be plus you know surveillance plus the the police and all those things there's like a project that folks are working on right now and that's some of the conversation is like well we want to be have a layer of openness where we're reporting back to the larger community this is happening that way if anything goes down people know in general it's happening but then that takes leaving specifics out making sure that if we are having an open layer we're getting our internal encrypted text messages down because now we're saying oh there's an arm of us that's saying we just want people to know this is happening but that will still alert certain people that might be watching certain accounts and so then what are the other so it's kind of like one without the other I think it's also great to just have a platform to call out like the police and the city attorneys and like all their shadiness uh, directly. When you were talking about organizations, oh my gosh, 
I was thinking about how like you know there's like that period in the beginning of a meeting where everyone introduces themselves and what organization they're from um and just like trying to find a way to word that so that's not the only option because it sets a standard. You're, you're standardizing organizing, you're standardizing resistance to mean, you know, representing an organization or attaching yourself or affiliating yourself with an organization. So in, in those cases, other people have tried to say things like, oh, I'm like autonomous or whatever. But then later on in that same meeting, someone will weaponize that against you and call you, call you an anarchist or something. This recently happened at a meeting. And it's just interesting how that goes. Like, if you don't just easily fit in and say the title of an organization, like, and so that's the thing is, like, I don't think autonomous people, people who want autonomy, people are cultivating autonomous resistance. I don't think we're invited to a lot of these things. Like, a lot of these public invites for efforts, they don't really want that there. Because they don't want to be questioned. I feel like a lot of it has to do with that, you know, because they're all about the hierarchy and, or... I wouldn't say that they're necessarily for the hierarchy. It's just that that's how they operate, no matter what. You know, that's the. I feel like all of us. We've all been taught that there's a hierarchy. You comply to it. You will benefit from it, maybe, and you just go with it. You know, and I feel like you know anyone that has any question to the to those kind of feelings, to those kind of actions, that reflect like a larger society. Like I think that's very you will be uh, they'll let you know and then they will you have been seen you know they will let you know that you've been seen and there's no way around it and you are what you are and it is what it is you know in a lot of in, in, in a lot of ways with very few words and also a lot of these orgs will participate in sort of snitching and kind of like recognizing who those autonomous people, who those people who came to their meetings that said that they were autonomous or who came to their protests and tried to, you know, challenge peace policing or who participated in their event page and questioned why they're using a permit. Groups like SEIU have done this. Um, Margin Rally, Los Angeles. Yeah. Community, self-appointed community leaders, you know, will work with like local law enforcement, before something is happening and talks to them. So it's also like dangerous to like participate with organizations and be known to them because, you know, yeah, when the cops come around or feds come around and they want to know who are the people they should be looking at, um, they're going to let them know um, as they have um, in the past. And so liberalism is also um, a part of the surveillance state. And Everyone is watching you. I think that's something like it's scary, but there you have to no, remember. There's no safe space. I mean, I just I, I go back to thinking about like what's happening in Syria. You know, you had all these autonomous communities there trying to develop in a free Assad society, and like they were crushed from all ends. Even the rebels were torturing and killing civilians. Even the government, even you know, Russia, the U.S., all the coalitions and all the factions that were pitting these people against each other. And that's why, like, people who want autonomy must realize, like, you always have people who want to rule you. Like, that, the fight for autonomy is the longest struggle of, like, since there has been a living beings on this earth. 
Uh, it's not just like a human struggle. No matter who is overthrown or what empire falls, there will always be another one there to try to have control over your life. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes me think when you said that, it's like, even the left will try to rule you, whatever this vague left of organizing tendencies is. That's why I don't really think autonomy in the left vibe very well. I know people keep trying to say that. I think it's because people want to say they're abolitionist while still maintaining a leftist identity. And like, you and know, I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a narrow scope on what these things are. We don't allow for anything that diverges from the left or the right. You know what I mean? That's always the conversation. Are you gonna? Are you one side or are you the other? Are you? You know what I mean? It's it's very black and white. I don't think that we're allowed for these vague great grayness that exists like in all of our lives like everyone needs to be defined you don't get to decide who you are what you will be like those questions are very fundamental and like the conversation I think it's it's on that level too which I think is interesting like when Fidel died just recently it's like everyone painted him on the left in a certain way and then everyone on the right in a certain way and it's like no I think it's more complex than that I think there's nuances that we miss about what the revolution won but also did wrong in some ways yeah that that definitely brings back Syria and I'm just seeing people on leftists leftists with wildly different narratives on what's happening and a lot of like self-righteousness and a lot of like diagnosing of like other countries struggles the perspective from autonomists seems to always be erased because it does take into some of the nuances like it's not just one state versus this state or um you know the left versus the right or like these vague forces there's like interlocking hierarchies i think that perspective is really really key like, what happens when we're looking at it in the context of a civil war? Because my understanding is that a lot of these countries that had, like, rebellions or uprisings or revolutionary attempts, like, revolutionary practices or energies, civil war is one of the outcomes. Um, and I feel like that gets erased when we're talking about which state forces to support. And then the leftist infighting, that's, I think, a, an oversimplification of what's happening. I feel like we're seeing authoritarian leftists and autonomists have conflict and then the vast majority left like I myself don't post a lot about it because I can't verify a lot of the information that I find and I would I you know I want to find information um, but it's really difficult also the like mass production of death that happens on social media some people were calling it liberation instead of genocide and those are like wildly different ways of interpreting a political conflict how much distance do you have from that situation to speak so much on it and to call it that I feel like kind of there was a thread and there was a leftist that was like pro-Sadis and like someone was posting stuff and they were like well that's all western media that's all fake news and then they'll post their stuff and it's like well that's all fake news and it's like well that's great because like basically like we can find media to support whatever opinion we want um and it's like, that doesn't mean that the realities of people being murdered isn't happening. And I don't consider myself a leftist, and I've never considered myself a leftist. 
but I have found myself wanting to be able to be in solidarity with leftists just because like finding people who um, are critical or radical has been like difficult but in moments like these you realize like you can't have solidarity with leftists and that like the thing that I think is going to be more revealed about 2017 I think as time is happening more lines are being drawn people who are pro-statist um, who are apologists of statism um, and authoritarians or people I cannot be in solidarity with and there are also people who want to be my rulers like they're not mad with like the idea of a state they're just mad with this state they just want their party to be in power and so I'm not going to fight to you know destroy one empire to you know create another and I think that what we're seeing happening in Syria is like it's really important for autonomous people to look at because yeah the autonomous struggle there within like the autonomous zones and like the supposedly uh pro-autonomous like liberated people and like the challenges of um other voices and other groups within that like it never and i think that's like the really point that needs to get you know honed in is that it never ends like revolution is a constant it's not an event we want so bad to be able to have like unity and and that because we like have always heard that we need the masses to be able to do things that we'll find ourselves um in sort of like working with groups who like really don't necessarily have like the same ideology with us and um I think if we when we begin to be serious about like what revolution means for us counter-revolutionaries you know can include leftists like counter-revolutionaries can include anyone that wants to create who wants to be able to protect hierarchy um depending on what revolution means for you (laughs) So there have been situations where the same people I have strong solidarity with in this one context, in a different context, then we have our differences that like tensions, you know, like different, uh, not just different ideologies, but different like ways of thinking through what what revolution is, defining it, what's what's the practice, what's the goal. Um, I think one of the main things where things break down is hierarchy. Well, some leftist strategies is appealing to liberals. And so I think that's also where some of the strong things is I think there's too much focus on an emphasis of uh, centralizing liberalism, uh, which tends to be within liberalism centering like the middle class and whiteness as like a baseline. Then you have leftist organizations whose strategy is appealing to liberals who have like open events where they that's their entry point for the liberals. And they're like, okay, we're going to have a very limited goal. It's going to be, uh, for example community oversight board for the police specific goal and so they want to control the conversation around that and then when other leftists or autonomous people show up to that meeting it's like then the truth comes out of their agenda because they can't easily manipulate the liberals into fitting into their tactic and being exposed to their leftist you know this is their leftist project right is to bring bring in liberals and radicalize them according to a certain logic Um, and then when other people come in the room it turns out, oh, no, 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 we don't want to include abolition of the police um, because we might want to have revolutionary police. This is, this is, this is that's what comes out when you actually go to those meetings. Because Did they say what their definition of revolutionary police was? It was a total out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, the project we were working on 
was uh, we were taking notes from a previous meeting. This was my first meeting. So we were ta- they were taking notes from a previous meeting and separating them into short, medium, and long-term goals. And then they started a category called ideological goals. So they everything that was kind of like <laughs> abolish the police, they wanted to throw everything in the ideological theory. goals. Yeah, theory. This is just theory. This is not the, you know, short. But then people were like, no, let's put it as a long-term goal. And so... Over and over in the notes, things would come up that didn't really fit the vision, in my opinion, that the organizers had. And so we were just like, that was the activity. So then we would talk about things. And then as things were talked about, people would debate whether that was. And then out of nowhere, now interrupt the activity. And now it's this person saying, well, we don't want to abolish the police because we want revolutionary police. And no, they didn't. They didn't expand on it. But that's a really strong statement yeah. to say. <laughs> I just think it's funny because, like, I mean, you got to think about it, right? Like, all those things, and it's like, I think that's why it's easier for people to default to the hierarchy because it's like, we can decide. We can choose what we're going to do today and, like, not go through the forum of talking to everybody and what they feel that, that needs to be done. You know what I mean? Democracy, like, if we're talking about, like, really like democratic things here because that's what they are I think right I think it's hard to account for what everybody wants out of what they're going to get uh, what the outcome's going to be and like I feel like a lot of the time it's like that's why people default to the hierarchy because hey guess what if I get an, a certain amount of people that agree with me then we can decide on what's going to be done for all of us and that's why people hate it consensus and that's why people fought consensus so mm-hmm. much is because people are impatient and um but also, like, the idea that, like, we have to all decide on the same idea, which to me is, like, why I'm an anti-statist. It's, mm-hmm. like, I don't think we should all be, like, governed. Like, I don't think we can all agree on the things that, that like, how we have to, like, live our lives or that, like, we should be governed. I do think there's, like, certain public goods that are going to have to be shared and, like, resources and stuff and, like, coexisting. Like, you know, it's like when you live with people, you don't have, like, authoritarian, you know, everyone's going to wake up at this time and do this and do this and do this. But at the same time, hey, if I have to go work at 6, can you not have the music playing, like, loud until 2 in the morning? Because, like, we have to coexist. There's sort of, like, ways of dealing with each other and working with each other, but that don't have to be authoritative. Yeah, and I don't want to keep going to, like, liberal reformist events. Uh, the only context I would go to them is if it was, like, a side strategy of a larger project and we had to go to them to agitate them, not just to gain their approval or something. But when I was going to this thing, I was thinking, like, okay, a coalition, mm, all right. So I wasn't even going in to try to stop their goal of a police accountability review board even though the Panthers tried to do that in the 60s, Oakland's tried to do it and it's been co-opted by the mayor. I don't agree with it, but like even trying that, right? It's like, okay, so what if that's one goal out of many, right? Just even trying to keep the, just even participating to try and keep the conversation open, it immediately, it, it like agitated the whole thing. Just the fact that we were like trying to put that and abolition on the same planning board had people come out with their real agenda, which is, well, no, 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 we don't want, they don't want to abolish the police. They do, like, how does the tactic of wanting a community review board actually relate to their long-term goal of revolutionary police? There's like, there's authoritative agendas. And then this is an open meeting, but then no, <laughs> like, not really. 
I mean, I think that's also something that we have to realize that everybody's on a spectrum. And like everyone has authoritative like qualities or not, or maybe they're in the middle or they're off to the side or the other side. But I feel like these things exist within all of us, you know, like to certain degrees, like some of them are maybe more pronounced than others in some way. But like, I feel like we, that's the, I think that's the ultimate problem is that we are those issues. We are those situations. We all project these things that we've been taught as children because that's really where it comes from, I think. And it's like, it's unfortunate that's the reality and concerns that I've come to realize about every single individual that I know and myself is that we all have these things latently in us. But some of us like projected in, in ways that have like way more amplified uh, real life uh like consequences i think and it's it's unfortunate you know because like i feel like a lot of the time we you know we do recreate these things that we are fighting in a lot of ways and it's hard to fight it when everyone else is doing it and it's hard to deconstruct all of that while you are living in the system when you are being like controlled in a way and not necessarily by someone else but by your own constructs of what things are and I think it's I think that's the like the ultimate goal is to like get rid of yourself like get rid of those things yourself but then you also know that the undertaking is on everybody else and not everyone is at the same place yeah I think we've internalized authoritarianism and like um, like the other things we have also internalized and like that's also why people are so pro to voting um, and why like revolution and autonomy is something that like is so hard is because people fall back to wanting to be led and that has to be something that we challenge um, you know within ourselves and some may feel more empowered or comfortable challenging that than others and there's also institutions and organizations that depend on statism and oppressive pillars to exist for their existence and that's kind of like the thing where you're talking about, Jay, about the police accountability meeting and about them putting, like, um, abolishing the police and, like, ideology. It, to me, it's very revealing of, like, leftists in general and theory and why I think they're so comfortable with theory and they kind of stay in theory because theory is a place where you can, like, you know, cultivate power and, like, but a lot of resemblance of like leftism, a lot of like leftist ideas um, with scripture and religion and how like, you know, the idea of even them wanting to ha- like go to liberals and like convert them and to radicalize them. Like <laughs> yes. in the same way that like Christians try to do that um, and convert them. And so like a lot of it has to live in theory for them. It can't be real. You can't actually talk about like abolishing the police because then that would kind of expose like you know the holes in their theories or the holes in like their practices or organization and why also why they're so authoritative and um dogmatic all right well that looks like a good place to stop um thanks for listening to on resistance you can listen to our show every friday except for the first friday 
at 7.30 p.m. Um, you can listen to this show and all our past shows on www.soundcloud.com slash on-resistance. You can find us on Twitter at onresistancela. You can email us at onresistanceradio at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook on, on Resistance and become a patron if you feel so inclined to. Um, thanks for listening and we'll be off next week. But hope you have a happy new year and we'll see you soon after. Bye. Now this year I'm really going off. Oh. Oh. These haters on my body shake them all. Oh. Oh, oh.